You're listening to the You Mentor Talk Show, now available on the Umoja app. Uh, I'm your host, Imran Dharamsi, and on this weekly talk show, we invite professionals and teenagers to take us through their journeys and give us advice. Uh, and remember, if you have any questions for the panelists that you see here, uh, you can always leave them in the live comments, uh, and we'll get to them during the show. Um, and another place you can leave questions uh, before we start, we wanted to mention a bit about the Inspire platform, which is a question and answer platform for career advice in our Shia community. Uh, so as a rising professional, you can ask for great advice from other professionals. Uh, and as a mentor, you can give advice to our community's future professionals. And so if you uh, want to use that platform, that is available uh, for free, of course, via the Umoja app on Android and iOS. Um, now, we are able every week to share inspiring stories of professional students and community organizations only because of the generous support of viewers and listeners like you. So please consider supporting uh, our show at uh, umojaarish.org slash donate or through the Umoja app's donate window. And every uh, little bit of support uh, goes a really long way in helping us bring more speakers on, opening career doors for our youth and connecting our communities. So thank you, we appreciate it. Um, now today's speaker uh, is Brother Amin Shahata. He's a student in public health uh, and global policy at the University of Maryland College Park. Um, uh, and uh, he actually transferred from George Washington University midway through his second year. So we'll definitely uh, talk more about that because that's a, a really uh, unique aspect of his story. Um, he's multicultural and he appreciates cosmopolitanism. Um, and he hopes to improve the standard of living and quality of life for people all across the world with the skills he's acquired and is acquiring in his studies. Um, and then also, as we'll, we'll talk about, he aspires to be a health practitioner in the future. Uh, so let's bring on, and I should also say we organized this show uh, quickly at the last minute. So thank you so much to Brother Amin for uh, coming on and, you know, helping us make it happen. So let's, let's bring him on. Assalamu alaikum, Brother Amin. How are you? Thank you so much again. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah. I'm doing fine. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Thank you. Um, now, so I think um, if we can first go into, I guess, your basic introduction. I know I read a little bit of your bio, uh, but tell us a little bit more about yourself. Sure. Um, so, as was mentioned, uh, my name is Amin Shahata. Um, I was born here in the United States, um, in D.C. actually, um, mm -hmm. but almost almost immediately thereafter, um, my family uh, immigrated to Egypt, and that's where I attended grade school and uh, my whole um, uh, high school career as well. Um, and then I moved back once again here to uh, pursue tertiary, uh, tertiary education and attend university. Um, so I'm 21. I'll be entering my final... I'm, I started my final year of undergraduate studies, um, uh, pursuing public health and global poverty as, as the minor there. Um, and um, I'm honored to be on this platform. So thank you for having me. No, thank you. Seriously. I mean, we, we you know, threw this together <laughs> starting on Wednesday. So thank you again. Um, I feel like uh, I want to maybe ask you a little bit more about um, your path so far in your university years. Uh, so you switched from George Washington uh, to University of Maryland. And then you were also telling me in the pre-interview that you actually switched what you were studying. So could you talk a little bit more about why, like what, you know, what were you studying before and why did you actually make that decision to switch? 
Yeah, so um, so initially I started out at George Washington University um, uh, pursuing international affairs, um, um, politics, uh, Middle East studies, uh, that, that mix over there. Um, but I soon realized that um, this would be more. This would be better as a side gig or as a side hustle, um, rather than um, something I want to pursue in the future. Um, especially since uh, I had lived in the Middle East, um, I had traveled in the Middle East extensively, uh, and therefore um, pursuing Middle East studies uh, wouldn't be a very ambitious sort of goal for myself. And so I told myself, politics, uh, civic engagement, you can always do that on the side. Um, and you can invest as much in it as you would like. Um, but uh, I, I always wanted to uh, assist people directly. And I thought the health sciences would be the best medium for me to do that. Um, so after one and a half years at George Washington University, I transferred to the University of Maryland. Um, just to you know, dip my toes in a different environment uh, and explore uh, what the state, this state institution has to offer. Um, and, and thereafter, I declared public health um, as my major and global poverty as the minor. Um, and I might even add uh, development, uh, international development um, as the second minor. And they're all interconnected and um, interwoven with each other. Um, I'd, I'd be happy to speak more on why I selected uh, these these um, uh, are, areas of study. Yeah, uh, definitely. But I want to uh, go a little more into the transfer process first because I feel like you're being really humble. With, like when you said, you know, you just wanted to uh, like dip your toes into a new environment. Um, I at least what I've heard is the transfer process is you know like pretty involved. So. Uh, uh, kudos to you for, you know, actually going through it, realizing that that's something that you wanted to do. Um, could you talk about some advice for, uh, I guess, realizing that maybe an institution is not for you um, or a course of study is not for you and then actually having the courage to go ahead and and uh, transfer out of it? I know it's a loaded question, but you can, you know, just any piece of advice you think was helpful for you in that, navigating like that process. Um, so, uh, my reasons for, for departing GW were, were multifaceted. Um, um, I, I felt as if the, the atmosphere there wasn't, uh, conducive for myself, uh, my personality, um, essentially. Um, um, it, it is a private institution, um, mm -hmm. heavily funded by different donors. Um, and obviously donations come with strings, um, and so I felt as if the university had a specific agenda that it was trying not to deviate too much from. Um, uh, there were a lot of clubs um, on campus, uh, great, di great diversity on campus. Um, however, I wasn't able to, to, to gain much traction with, with the clubs. Um, um, perhaps that was a shortcoming on my end. Um, however, I thought uh, I would give myself a new beginning. Um, uh, at another institution where I would be more committed and um, starting off fresh um, with, with a ba basically a, like a blank a blank check. Um, and so I thought UMD is a, is a premier public institution. So, um, and obviously I'm a resident in the state, so 
and th that was naturally uh, an option for me. Um, and the the basically the disparity in the tuition costs is is dramatic, uh, and so um, I transferred mid year um, since I didn't want to wait any longer. Um, uh, you know, time was of the essence in, in that in that regard. Um, the transfer process. Um, what I would say about that is is uh, it is uh, relatively involved. Um, however, when when universities and colleges see that you have courses and credits under under your belt, um, it's often oftentimes much easier to uh, get yourself into maybe your dream college, your dream school, once you've attended maybe an institution that isn't um, at that tier. Um, and so, uh, you know, um, uh, I was accepted, alhamdulillah, into UMD, um, seeing that I had one and a half years at GW. Um, and um, yeah, that was that was essentially it. Um, uh, yeah, uh, yeah I, I wanted a fresh start with this new major. Right. And so I thought I could do it uh, at, a, at a new university as well. Um, hmm. Yeah, well, thank you for those tips. Um, now, uh, let's talk about the major that you are in right now. Um, so it's it's the major is public health. So for uh, our viewers who might not really know what that is, uh, what is public health? Yeah, so that's getting at the heart of the matter. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, if I were to provide a definition for it off off the top of my head, I would say it's um, it's a sister it's a sister science to to, to medicine or to the uh, to the health sciences. Um, it essentially revolves itself around the community. Um, so it, it's, it, it aspires to prevent, um, prevent diseases and illnesses and ailments in the community, uh, but also to promote health within the community. Um, so oftentimes uh, you might uh, see medicine and, and um, a doctors uh, contrasted with public health in the sense that uh, doctors seek to uh, cure and, and treat uh, illnesses um, after they already set in, um, but public health uh, attempts to prevent and um, equip the uh, health system with institutions and um, institutions that can that that prevents illnesses from occurring in the first place, uh, which saves a lot of money. Um, it's very mm -hmm. cost effective, but also it saves lives um, in in that sense. Um, so it, it's it's more preventative than curative, um, and that that's what what really um, made me enjoy the the, the major um, mm -hmm. and, and admire the major, um, since a lot of the Eastern traditions focus on cure, like, um, preventative medicine, um, but a lot of Western societies, um, and I'm 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 generalizing here, but they invest heavily in curing, um, yeah, illness right. <laughs> So, um, yeah, that's what stood out for me in public health. And uh, also, uh, we should perhaps mention that public health also has uh, a more of a population level focus. I think that was one other thing you had said in the pre-interview. And why do you think it's so important to focus on um, not only preventing 
diseases before they occur, but doing it on a population level. Um, along with, of course, we need doctors along with and, you know, on an individual level. Like, why do you think? Because um, public health has frequently been neglected. Um, it only gets like 3% of federal of uh, the federal budget. So wh why is it so important to focus on public health? Yeah, um, yeah you, you were exactly uh, right on, uh, right on point when you said that um, it's often neglected. It's yeah. relegated to the backdrop of society. Um, right. And, and, and it's given secondary attention. Um, in my view, in my humble viewpoint, um, uh, public health is of paramount importance because, um, as you said, it addresses population level um, concerns and issues. Um, and it focuses on the social determinants of health, um, which turn out to be the most uh, critical uh, variables uh, in, in uh, determining a person's uh, health status, right? So uh, actually the factor that's most significant in determining, determining the health of a community is the socioeconomic status of the community. Um, so oftentimes, uh, based on a person's um, uh, residence in a specific county or zip code, uh, you, can, uh, you can fairly certainly ascertain or determine uh, what their health uh, level uh, might be, um, even what their life expectancy might be, uh, what their estimated life expectancy right. might be. Um, so really focusing on the environment of people, um, their social uh, mobility, um, and their economic status and, and trying to improve those, uh, sanitation, uh, clean water, all these issues come up when you focus and emphasize the social determinants of health rather than uh, really zooming in on the individual and their health um, and, and their individual behaviors as well. Uh, so um, obviously it needs more funding and it needs... Uh, I guess, more appreciation from, from the public as well. Yeah, a correction. Actually, I had said it gets 3% of the federal budget. It actually gets 3% of federal health spending, so even much less than 3% of the federal budget. Uh, but anyways, um, what uh, are some uh, careers that uh, you would be looking into with a degree in public health? Uh, or, you know, you can even answer more generally, what are some careers that a degree in public health can lead to? Because I feel like public health is an, perhaps like a new field for many of our listeners. Yeah, so public health has, has become ever so in demand um, ever since the onset of the pandemic. Um, and the, uh, the coronavirus. Um, mm -hmm. uh, however, the positive thing about uh, public health is that it subsumes underneath it lots of different disciplines uh, and topic areas. Um, as I mentioned, uh, economics, um, environmental sciences, um, right, um, epidemiology, toxicology. Um, and so the great thing about, in my view, the great thing about public health is uh, it attracts a wide array of people who have... Um, diverse interests, um, but their mission is to obviously improve the, the health of the public. Um, and so with a degree in public health, essentially you can obtain uh, hard skills, 
uh, that can be useful um, and, and skills that are transferable to a lot of different fields, uh, a lot of different jobs. Um, uh, and, what and would some what like what are some of those skills? Uh, if you could, you know, maybe list a few. Mm -hmm. Sure. So, um, I mean, by way of example, uh, you learn uh, different the data techniques um, mm -hmm. in epidemiology, uh, in epidemiology to track um, or to uh, to quantify the perhaps the prevalence and incidence of disease in a community. Um, so you, you utilize a lot of data, um, lots of uh, computer languages, coding, etc. So lots of different things are utilized right. um, uh, in public health, and they're all mm -hmm. used to, to serve the public and to enhance and to enhance the lives of the community members. Um, and so, as I mentioned, uh, with with public health, um, you can um, you're you're well prepared for medical school, um, in a sense, if 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 you aspire to uh, pursue that. Um, mm -hmm. Lots of the requirements for public health. Um, mimic the requirements that perhaps somebody studying biology would would, would take. Um, right. With that, you can also uh, enter the social sciences, um, and, and by the same token, you can also um, go to law school. Um, mm -hmm. And so, it basically, leaves your options open. Um, and that's <laughs> someone like myself who was undecided or who was constantly uh, trying to navigate what their aspirations are. Um, I think public health would is, is a good option. Um, and um, a lot of folks in yeah. pub, pub, public health uh, also tend to pursue right. a, master, a master's. Um, mm -hmm. an, MPH. an MPH, right. Right. And, and thereafter, they're, they're easily able to obtain uh, an occupation and a job. Um, hmm. Okay. Yeah. I think that was a very... Uh, you know, very comprehensive introduction. So thank you for that. Um, now, uh, going back to talking about your path specifically, you were mentioning that you have interests at the intersection of both um, economics and public health, which is partly why you're studying global poverty along with public health. So could you uh, maybe go into a bit more what issues lie at that intersection? Uh, and how do they speak speak to you specifically? Um that, that drove you to, you know, study something economics related yeah. along with public health. Yeah. So I hinted at already, I hinted at this briefly already um, in that, uh, you know, the, the social determinants of health, um, one of them is the socioeconomic status. Um, so, you know, we tend to see a lot of minorities in the country with uh, worse health outcomes than the majority. And, you know, um, this directly correlates or is directly associated with their income um, in, in certain uh, aspects and in certain respects. Um, and this is, this is a disparity that is completely avoidable and one that is objectively unfair, um, unequal, um, and uh, it really... Um, uh, really further bolsters the inequity that, that is uh, prevalent in the country. Um, mm -hmm. And so that was my main, uh, my main passion, I guess, is to reduce these health disparities um, on a global level, especially. Um, um, my main uh, focus is not domestic. Um, 
but on a global level, um, the the you know the the wide differences in life life expectancy uh, between countries in the global south, uh, uh, the uh, less developed countries, um, as compared to some of the uh, Western or European or Eastern Asian countries, um, and you know as I mentioned in the bio as well, um, I would like to. Um, you know, improve the standard of living for folks uh, in the global south. Um, mm-hmm. So that that is to, um, you know, ensure that they have access to clean, um, clean water, um, the the necessary uh, institutions that uh, can help uh, prevent disease. Um, so focusing on primary prevention of disease, um, malnutrition, avoiding all these things, uh, and a lot of these things right. fall under. Uh, economics, uh, global poverty, um, since economics can can help tackle the um, the underlying uh, institutional uh, issues that that exist, um, and, and 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 they seek to address the um, the barriers that that are in place uh, on a governmental and, and institutional level um, that might be sort of hamstringing the progress of the country. Um, economically and health-wise. Um, yeah. Yes, those are such important points. I feel like uh, the primary, I don't know if you agree with this, but the primary um, factor that influences whether an intervention, a public health intervention will be successful is if it has, um, if it makes economic sense. Because like, for example, the, the vaccine rollout, we saw that that had all so much economic force behind it because, you know, when someone gets their two shots, not only can they breathe a little bit easier, but they can also go back to normal economic life. So there is such an economic incentive to get that done so much more than with, you know, interventions that would uh, like improve equity, (laughs) but perhaps not contribute as much to economic growth. But, you know, that's another (laughs) topic for another show, maybe. Um, But what are you looking to pursue uh, after you graduate? I know you said there's you know, you're leaving your options open, um, but you do have that goal that you just were talking about to make that overall impact. So what are some paths that you think might help you get there? Um, yeah, so um, I aspire to essentially, you know, um, perhaps, you know, work in, in a global health institution, um, or a health agency, uh, the I mean the quintessential example of this is the World Health Organization. Um, they focus on the global issues, um, that the the health issues that um, cr- that cross borders and are not restricted mm-hmm. to certain certain boundaries. Um, also, development banks um, also seek to address uh, issues that are hindering the progress of nations. Um, and and so working in one of these agencies would be would be great, um, um, but at the same time, um, you know, um, I want to incorporate the health aspect and the economic aspect, um, and I believe these global institutions, these global governance institutions, uh, have the capacity uh, uh, and the um, the necessary amenities to be able to uh, dispense the services that they need. Um, uh, and to fulfill the objectives that they have. Um, 
And at the same time, something like you know, Doctors Without Borders, um, uh, which is composed of doctors who who roam uh, who roam the planet and and uh, use their use their skills uh, to um, uh, to the benefit of, of the underserved and the over, underprivileged and the downtrodden. Um, now there are some issues with, uh, I mean, Doctors Without Borders. Um, Mm -hmm. In the Shia community, there is the, um, uh, I believe uh, the the name is, is, uh, I I forget the name right now, but um, uh, it's not Imana, it's... uh, Imamia? Yeah, exactly. Imamia Medics International. Mm -hmm. They uh, similarly have a similar mission and vision in in the world. Um, um, They're health professionals. Do pro bono work um, outside their main, you know, day uh, nine to five job, um, uh, and so something like that is is uh, something that would be uh, something I aspire to to do. Um, hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a very uh, noble, I think, uh, you know, goal to to pursue. And this is something we didn't talk about in the pre-interview, um, but. I feel like it fits pretty well here, which is how do you think um, your Shia faith motivates you to um, want to have that kind of altruistic impact um, in any way? You know, I mean, it could be in what you're studying, could be in the career that you might pursue. um, But how has it, you know, how has it driven you so far? (laughs) And uh, what do you think? How do you think it'll drive you in the future? Yeah. Um, so um, <clears throat> that's obviously an excellent uh, question. Um, firstly, uh, I guess faith inspires me to um, to adhere to certain principles um, and morals and ethics that uh, really undergird anything uh, anything I might study in class. Um, yeah, uh, I try to uh, you know compare what I'm studying in class to some of my principles and ethics. And oftentimes you'll find that they align, um, yeah, at least uh, superficially. Um, uh, for example, uh, I've been I've been led to believe that uh, everyone should have access to healthcare. Um, it is a human right, um, and and nobody should be denied, um, uh, you know, um, coverage or access to uh, mm-hmm. life-saving treatment or medicine uh, or medication or anything they need. Um, and, uh, so this really harkens back to the idea of equity and, uh, um, and reforming the healthcare system that we have currently, uh, which, uh, um, is leading us into a, a trajectory, um, that is unsustainable, right? We have, right. Uh, we have ever increasing, um, ever increasing costs, um, and, and, and lower quality of care. Uh, for patients, um, and 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 access to care is not universal. Um, there's no universal coverage in the United States. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, even reforming a, our healthcare system to mimic or at least uh, um, uh, adapt some of the positive elements of other healthcare systems, perhaps in Europe or in the UK, um, to to better the the healthcare system here. Um, and 
another way that uh, I guess the Shia faith has um, has really inspired me is is in 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 wanting to prioritize service above self, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, serving others. Um, uh, so going out of your way to see what the needs of others are, um, you know, without them having to directly tell you, uh, what they are. Um, right. And, um, uh, so yeah, um, I'm, yeah. I'm currently inter- interning at, a an institution that, uh, you know, provides support, uh, understanding and opportunities, uh, for people with, uh, intellectual and developmental disabilities, um, so we're trying to, you know, uh, ensure that the folks, um, we're trying to ensure folks are eligible to apply for uh, federal programs that will give them uh, access to healthcare, uh, such as Medicare, Medicaid, um, and other governmental assistance programs, uh, food stamps, and uh, temporary assistance for the needy. Um, mm-hmm. So, I guess that's it's it's a great launching pad, I guess, for for future yeah. opportunities. Of course, yes. Um, so unfortunately, we are almost out of time. <laughs> Again, 30 minutes went very quickly. Um, but there is uh, one final question that we ask all our panelists to share with us, which is what is your final piece of advice for our listeners if they maybe didn't take anything else away from this show, which I hope is not true. But if they didn't take anything else away, what is the one thing that you would want them to uh, remember after hearing the show? Yeah, so I guess that's. that's I know. The most, Sorry for putting you on the spot, but <laughs> yeah, that's the most profound question and uh, the most important question, I guess. Because mm. um, uh, if the audience wants to glean anything from this, it should be uh, key takeaways that they can, practical takeaways that they can use in life. Um, um, but I, I guess I would say, um, um, you know, try and and and. Um, you know, combine your your academic passion, um, uh, your your passion for uh, different fields of study uh, or different areas of study, um, with the I guess the Islamic need uh, in society. Um, so if you're able to, if you're able to identify um, what is uh, some blemishes in society that need to be reformed, see how you see how your field. And your passion uh, can be used to to fill that void or to uh, fill that gap. Um, that way, you'd be you'll be you know advancing yourself academically, uh, but also I guess re- religiously and spiritually, um, you'll be propell- propelling yourself forward because um, you're you know you're pursuing your academics, but you're also uh, serving humanity, um, which I guess is is one of the ultimate uh, goals. Um, of religion and and of ethics, um, so so really uh, you know, uh, I guess uh, focus on uh, what you're passionate about, um, since uh, you know, uh, when you focus on what you're passionate about, that puts perfection in your work. Um, uh, so you know, um, I guess don't pursue majors that might fall beyond what you're interested in, uh, um, because then you might burn out, right? You might, mm, you might right. be able to pursue it for a couple of years, but 
mm-hmm. down the line, I mean, down the line, you it's, it won't be sustainable for you. Um, it might meet, lead, you know, to miserable outcomes. Um, so, yeah, uh, I guess follow your heart in that sense, because then uh, you'll be able to excel uh, academically, um, and uh, I guess that's what's most important. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much for all your advice and sharing your story. Um, and also making time for, for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. Of course. Uh, and thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the You Mentor Chalk Show. Uh, tune in to our show next week, uh, Saturday at 3 p.m. We are having another show, and it's going to be a community voice show. Uh, so that's the one where we interview uh, community organizations, and it's going to be with Faraj Mental Health with Sister Harim Jaffrey. Um, also, if you enjoyed the show today, uh, please consider supporting the UMetric Talk Show to help us continue our work at umojaoutreach.org/donate or through the Umoja app. Uh, and as I said at the beginning, every little bit goes a long way uh, in opening career doors for our youth, bringing in more speakers, and connecting our community. So thank you for that. Um, Remember, you can always catch our previous episodes on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and in the Umoja app and on our website. Um, so that's a lot of places that you can look. Umoja Outreach Foundation, uniting and empowering the Shia community.